0: Hey, this is Trey. Thank you for joining us for another Tuesdays with Trey. It's kind of hard to believe. It started with a trip to the grocery store, a mistake I made, actually, in going to the grocery store with my, with my wife. And it was about two years ago. And the result of that a seemingly innocuous trip to the grocery store is my third book, Start, Stay, or Leave, The Art of Decision Making. And you're probably wondering, well, what does going to the grocery store have to do with a book? Uh, I'm going to answer that, but I'm gonna, first, for those who have ever dreamed of writing a book or thought about writing a book or wondered what it was like to write a book, this is my third one. The first one I wrote with Tim Scott, and that started over supper. We were sitting at a restaurant in Washington, and Senator Scott said, I want to do something that will shock the world. So I thought he was going to buy dinner. And he said, well, Because that would be shocking if a United States senator offered to buy dinner. He said he wanted to write a book. And so we wrote a book on the power of pursuing unlikely friendships. So, book number one, Tim Scott. Book number two, Tim Scott. We were going to write another book together, and we met with a book agent in Charlotte. And I don't even think the salad, the appetizer had not come yet before the book agent said, Now, there's no way in the world you two guys can write another book together. One, is the most optimistic, hopeful person in the world. And the other, being me, is the most cynical person in the world. There's not a chance in the world you guys can write another book together. So I said, well, I'm one and done. And I'm driving back from Charlotte to Spartanburg, and I get a phone call from Tim Scott again. And he said, you need to write a book on asking questions. And that was number two. Doesn't hurt to ask. The Art of Persuasion. And so I thought I was done, and I went to the grocery store with my wife, and our deal is that she stays in the truck and I go inside, and I do that really out of self-preservation because if she's with me, it's going to take hours and hours. She stops and talks to people. She acts interested in their stories. Uh, All the mistakes that you can make in public, she makes. Um, like ask follow-up questions when people are talking about their children and their grandchildren, all the mistakes that you see people make when they're trying to get through with something quickly, she commits them. So she was in the truck, and I went in and got what needed to be uh, gotten, and I was checking out, and this very kind lady whom I did not know, I had no idea who she was. She said, I know who you are, even behind a mask. This was uh, two years ago, so we're still in the midst of the pandemic. She said, you're the district attorney. In truth, I had left that job a decade ago, but I did not want to embarrass her by telling her it had been 10 years. And I said, yes, ma'am, I was. But but I left, and she asked when. And again, I didn't want to embarrass her. There'd be no reason for her to have to know that with specificity. So I just said a little while ago, and she very uh perceptively said, well, what did you do after that? Again, I don't want to get into politics. It's, it's so divisive now. And I don't know her politics, but um, if you go based on demographics, she would probably not be a Republican primary voter. And I just, I didn't, I didn't want to talk about it. So I just said, well, I went to work for another branch of government. And she said, what do you do now? And we had this pleasant conversation walking through the glass doors into the parking lot. And the last thing she said to me was... We thought you were fair. That was it. We thought you were fair. And you're probably wondering, well, what in the world does that have to do with writing a book? Because it forced me at this point in life, two-thirds of my life is over with. If I'm lucky, I've got a third left. And so you begin to ask yourself, what do you want to be known for? What do you want people to remember, whether it's the people closest to you or whether it's someone you would never met before? Someone that was up until that point a stranger. What words do you want them to use to describe you, to describe your life? And she picked the word that I would pick if I could write the closing argument, the final chapter. If I could write my own eulogy, that's the word I would pick. We thought you were fair. And so I got in the truck with my wife and said, you know what? I wasn't in elected office. I'm not anymore. I was in Congress. I'm not anymore. I was in the courtroom. I'm not anymore. But the decisions that I made to this point, including the decision as to who I was sitting in the truck with, I covered that in my book. I mean, how in the world did someone like me ask out someone who looks like her? I mean, it's like asking out Helen of Troy or Aphrodite or Halle Berry. How did that happen? Life is a series of decisions, decisions that we make. And if you think about it, our jobs, our employment, a series of decisions. Do we apply for this job? Do we accept the callback? Do we accept the offer? Relationships? Do we accept this offer of friendship? Do we pursue a friendship with someone? Life is a series of decisions, and those decisions carry benefits and consequences. And I wanted to write a book, Mistakes and All, Bad decisions and all about how to get to your desired closing argument. What it is you want people to say at the end and, you know, not to be too moribund. I mean, when I think of the end, I think of like a funeral service. Uh, Dana Perino, who is somebody I love and respect very much. She's not quite as moribund as I am. She Think about a retirement party. You know, think about a 50th wedding anniversary. What do you want people to to say and that kind of closing summation of life? And are you making the decisions today that get you to that desired closing picture or closing argument? So that's the impetus for the book. It's titled Start, Stay, or Leave. And I think a lot of life can be broken down into those three decisions. Do I start something? And to start something, you have to evaluate risk. So in this book, I I share with you, I think we all need kind of a decision-making paradigm, and there are a bunch of them. The one that I have chosen to kind of guard or guide my life is, what's the worst thing that can happen? And I don't mean that in a devil-may-care kind of way. I mean, literally, what is the worst thing that can happen? If I make this decision and it doesn't turn out well, what's the worst thing that can happen? And do I have a plan for how to Mitigate whatever it is I think is the worst thing and part of that when you're asking what is the worst thing that can happen You have to have a conversation with yourself about fear So there's a chapter on fear in this book and how to kind of talk fear down into caution I mean for the longest time For the longest time in life. I was motivated by a fear of failure Nothing to do with a desire for success I spend zero time I walk out of a courtroom after a successful trial, I spend zero time thinking about it. i walk out of a sporting event or i walk out of a court appearance after a not successful experience, and it haunts me for the rest of my life. I have a fear of failure. What are your fears? And how do you navigate or mitigate that fear down to just simply caution, which can be a good thing? We'll be right back with more of the Trey Gowdy Podcast. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News hourly update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. So how do we know when to start something? How do we know when to stay? And staying, you know, sometimes gets a bad rap. It kind of sounds boring. You know, there's the excitement of a fresh start. There's the excitement of doing something new. There's the Excitement sometimes in leaving the old and beginning anew, but oftentimes in life, staying is the most prudent decision, especially if what you're leaving is going to follow you wherever you go. And what I mean by that is sometimes we think a change in scenery is warranted, but what we're really trying to change is something within ourselves, and if you're trying to change yourself, then changing your zip code or changing the school or changing your major isn't going to work. And then leaving, how to know when to leave. I have this motto, I'd rather be, I'd rather jump than be pushed. I have another motto, I shared it with my wife over the weekend. How can people miss me if I don't ever leave? And what I was talking about was a party that I was ready to leave before she was ready to leave. But that, that is a motto that I... I wish more people would would kind of adopt in life. And here, I'm going to repeat it for you. How can they miss you if you never go, if you never leave? So start, stay, or leave. Those are decisions that kind of punctuate our life. And speaking of punctuation, uh, life is a series of punctuation marks. They're exclamation points, like when you finish high school or finish college. They're commas. They're... Semicolons, like if you become a parent or a grandparent, there are ellipses, which means there's more to be continued, there's more to come, but there is only one period. There is only one period. And you don't get to say or write anything on the other side of that period. But what you decide now in life, job wise, school wise, relationship wise, has a huge impact on what exists on the other side of that period. So, I have shocked every school teacher I ever had. Most of my school teachers would be shocked if you told them I read three books. If you tell them I wrote three books, uh, you better have like some cardiac care close by. They're not going to believe it. But if you've thought about writing a book or you're interested in what a book would read like from someone who's not a professional author, I wrote this book. It was a cathartic experience, I admit that, but I didn't have to publish a cathartic experience. I could have gone and talked to a counselor or gone outside and talked to the trees in my backyard like I normally do, right? I wrote this book for you, so you would not make the same mistakes I have made in life. You can learn from the mistakes I made. You can do what I like to do, which is start at the end. I did it with trials. I did. it I do it with speeches. I do it with our television show. I start at the end. What do I want that end to look like? And then how can I get there? And in life, the getting there would be the decisions we make. So I'm convinced this book can help you or I would not have written it. There's some uh, funny stories in there. Regrettably, all of them are true. You're going to probably wonder how I made it out of high school, why my father didn't kill me. You're going, to have a lot, you're going to have a lot of questions as you read this. But in the end, the dominant question you're going to have is, what do I want that final picture to look like? And am I making decisions that get me closer to my desired closing argument? How do I define success? How do I define significance? How, for that matter... Do I define failure? Who do I let define those terms in my life? I'm convinced the book can help you. If you anticipate having more decisions to make in life, which would include all of us, then give it a read and see if it can help you. All right, book number three out of the way. Check the pulse of all of my former school teachers. I know what they're going to think. There must be two Trey Gowdys in the world. No, no, it's just just one. But we change because of the decisions we make. We change. One thing that will not change is I will see you next Tuesday. So you have a great week. Take care. Bye. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app.